0: The new marketing show is brought to you by Trinity Web Media, trinitywebmedia.com. Trinity Web Media solves business problems with intelligent web development and digital marketing. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the new marketing show, the marketing, the digital marketing podcast where we talk about how effective web development and digital marketing solve business problems. Joined as always with co-founder. My co-host, Kevin Eberly. Kevin, how are you today?
1: Doing well, Greg. How about yourself?
0: I'm fantastic. And we have a special guest today. So we're excited having Michelle Schulp from Mark Time Media joining us today. And if you are familiar with WordPress or the WordPress world or attended any WordCamp from coast to coast, probably (laughs) even international. International, right? Have we got there yet? Not yet.
2: No, just national. Just national.
0: Just national. Okay. National. WordCamp speaker extraordinaire, Michelle. Michelle, thank you so much for joining us. How are you today?
2: Uh, Doing pretty well. Can't complain.
0: Excellent. And Kevin, I've been to a number of camps. Michelle and I have spoke to a number of camps together. And you're a fantastic speaker. Like always one of my... I've never told you this, but always one of my favorite talks. It's it's one of those like WordCamp talks you always want to attend. It's funny. It's entertaining. The slides are beyond on point. <laughs> I think they, I think all the other presenters get envious, and it's, but I'm sure that tons and tons of work go into that. So Michelle, tell us briefly, well, tell us more about you. How can people get in touch with you, your company, Mark Time Media, and all that good stuff. And then let's get into some Q&A after that.
2: Sure, yeah, the, the short version is I am an independent uh, UX designer uh, and front-end developer. I've been independent for the last 10 years, so that's been pretty great. Uh, you can find me as Mark Time Media pretty much everywhere on the internet, all of all of the socials, all of the webs, um, and I also uh, just now run a blog called Fitness and Freelance, which is about balancing a healthy lifestyle uh, with an independent or creative career. And, and so it,
0: it, you know, well, let's just jump right to that because I, you know, I'm fitness enthusiast. I try to eat as well as I can. Try not to drink too much. I know people out there might be surprised to hear that but how i mean how hard is it really to live the healthy lifestyle and work for yourself and you know like people like you know kevin myself and you like we don't have one boss we have like maybe 15 bosses at some time and like how how you know tell us about some of that balancing act how do you figure that stuff out in your life
2: sure well for me uh first of all what i what i usually say to people is that um making healthy choices and fitting it into your life is simple, but it's not easy, right? I mean, there's like, it's a very, it's a simple thing. Like it's, you do it or you don't, but that's not easy, right? Because there's a ton of things getting in the way. Uh, For me, it's always knowing why I'm in business for myself. And the biggest reason that I'm in business for myself is because I value the flexibility in order to be able to direct my life the way I want it. So if if i'm not doing the things that i want to do if i'm not taking that time for myself then why am i doing this right and so right. uh being able to choose that healthy lifestyle and healthy decision making is in line with my values
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah we and, don't and use the it easy you know I, I love that you said that it it's simple but not <laughs> easy. because you know kevin has heard me say that a million times in meetings when we talk about wordpress you, you know No, easy is like out of our vocabulary, right? So, so it's just one of those things like, you know, but it it is simple, but it is not definitely, it's definitely not easy.
2: Well, I would say the same thing applies to design principles in general. I mean, when I, when I get up and I give these talks, you know, to me, because I've been living it and I went to school for it and all this stuff. I mean, to me, all of these things are very simple. Like you do this, you think about it this way, but you know, when you look at it in the grand scheme of things, that simplicity is very, very complex and nuanced and right. very dependent on the situation. So right. I understand that concept.
1: Oh. <laughs> well, I love the fact that you brought it back around, to, you know, why you, you know, why you chose yep. to be independent with the healthy lifestyle. I think that's really easy to lose focus on as you get busier and grow a company. So I think that's really pretty cool.
2: Um, I actually, so... I'll give this little nugget. I, I gave a talk at a couple of business related events about uh, basically on growth and on, on the prospect of business. And one of the terms I coined during this was what I called the poop trail of success. And I think it's a great term. Okay. So here's what's up here's what's up with the, the poop trail of success. And I hope you all follow it. Uh, basically, when you are an entrepreneur, there's going to be a grind, right? Which means there's going to be a lot of poop. Right? There's going to be a lot of poop. Uh, And what you want to make sure you're doing is that you are only shoveling your own poop that points you towards where you want to go. You don't want to just be shoveling poop for the sake of feeling like you're supposed to shovel poop, right? Like, entrepreneurship is a grind, and we all know this, but you don't want to grind just for the sake of grinding. You want your grinding to be productive. So just remember to only shovel your own poop.
0: That's right. There we go. so the, is the takeaway here, have productive poops?
2: Yes, definitely.
0: <laughs> uh, I think that's fantastic because like, you know, just like you, like, you know, my story was I got fired from three ad agencies in Phoenix in eight, within 18 months and I was unhirable. You know, nobody was going to touch me. I'm still un, highly unemployable, right? So that was 10 years ago and here I am still, you know, in this great WordPress world, in this great WordPress community, when you find other people, you know, like yourself and like, you know, the, the great people that we know, like Brian, the Bournes, you know, Brian and Jen mm-hmm. Bourne and, you know, Chris Lemma and uh, Brad Williams and like all of those guys who just, we all have like, we all think alike and we're all in yes. this like, like God knows, you know, like, like Kevin, you're not, I'm not in this to get rich. I mean, God, it, it, you know. I'm in this for a lifestyle. I'm in this, you know, to live a lifestyle. So one of the questions that I I guess I'll start with is what drew you in the beginning to the WordPress world and WordPress development?
2: Yeah. So, uh, WordPress, I kind of fell into it. I think that's kind of how most of us got there. Right. And you know, nobody's like, you know what I want to be when I grow up. I mean, nowadays people can want to be that when they grow up, but back in the day, you know, 10 years ago, um, Right. I had heard about WordPress I had heard it was maybe something that a designer could learn how to use and as a designer I was like that might apply to me uh, I started out kind of trying to hack my way around a the theme it was I had no idea what was going on I managed to do some stuff but I happened to Google design conferences in Chicago when I was living there and I found Wordcamp Chicago in 2011. And that was my first WordPress event. And I I showed up. I literally sat in the back of the room and talked to no one the entire time. But it was so amazing. I was like, this is incredible. I can't believe that I'm here. This is so great that I decided next year I wanted to be involved. And they had put out a call for people to be on the committee. So I reached out to all these people who I thought were like these superstar people that were so much better than me. Right. And I was like, can I help you somehow? I don't know how. And they let me, (laughs) so good on you, Chicago community. Thanks a lot (laughs) for giving me a chance. Uh, But they became some of my like best friends and mentors in the space. So honestly, it was it was the community that pulled me into WordPress and kept me going until now.
0: Yeah, I I I totally agree. I think that you know Kevin and I have a similar story. Like my background has always been marketing, advertising, and started out with content. And like we, I started with a content agency that we were doing a lot of content marketing on shitty websites. So like, I fell back, you know, like you, you fell into the WordPress community from the design standpoint. I fell into it from a content and marketing standpoint Mm -hmm. and like, and unbelievable. And definitely I did not aspire to be a WordPress guy when I was looking at all my career options over time, (laughs) you know, but it is one of those things where a great community really keeps you, keeps you in it and, and really why I always wanted to be a part of it. So. Interesting. Interesting. We're very, very similar. A lot of parallels there. I think Kevin, you're, you're pretty much the same, right? Yeah. I mean, I think really it was kind of a WordPress by immersion, <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah, you know, working with you and, you know, helping you out on, you know, old marketing press projects and stuff. And it was like, okay, well I can do this. Maybe I can do that. And it was really easy to just kind of become a part of the community. You just use the easy oh, word. You said
0: you don't use the easy word. You just fucking well, said it- easy. Oh, Nate, Nate's going to get a shout si- out earlier. It was Nate, simple. Thanks for taking this out. Not easy. <laughs> <laughs> Not happening. <laughs> so one of the things, you know, you know, in all the talks that you, you know, that I've seen, you know, you talk about the principles of design and, you know, I know like when you speak at WordCamps, it's really, really hard. You have 50 minutes to, to deliver a lifetime's worth of knowledge to people. So I know like it, typically my talks are always like scaled back. You can't just take somebody down some path and then leave them hanging, you know? So I have always applied Like you've always talked about principles of design in a very detailed way. That's still sort of generic that people can understand and get it. So like, what are some of your, if you had like say three simple principles of design that you would always want people to understand, know or like adhere to, what would they be?
2: Sure. Uh, Number one principle of design is that uh, design has very little to do, somewhat to do, but very little to do with what things look like. What things look like is kind of the last step, right? Um, So the number one thing that I would say people should take away is that design starts much, much sooner than when we're picking out colors and typefaces and stuff. I could talk about all that stuff all day, but that's not really what it's about. Um, That leads into number two. Uh, the number one concept that you need to know as a designer is being able to answer why something is being done. Uh, so again, it's not what should this button looks like, it's why do we have a button, right? And that's the question we should be able to answer. So those two things uh, really make de- design a lot more abstract and a lot broader. I, I like to tell people, if, if you've made a purposeful de- decision about a project, like you're designing that project, you know, even if you don't know, Um, the other one is kind of something that they taught us in design school. And this is one of the ones where I say, Hey, I'm giving you, you know, a $100,000 education in one sentence right now. But, uh, the number one thing, if you're trying to do visual design yourself or thinking about visual design is make everything look like it was done on purpose. And what that means is either make things precisely the same or very different, but not close enough. So alignment, or typefaces, or colors, or whatever it is, either pick some that are exactly the same, like in the exact same family, or pick some that are vastly different from each other. Because if you make them too close, it looks like a mistake. Mm-hmm. So that's good. your three tips.
1: Wow! There you go. What are some of what are some of the business uh, issues and problems that you know good design elements of good design you know solves?
2: Ooh, Ty, get back to the topic. Nice. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, when you're a- when you're answering why, uh, and we're talking about websites, usually we want websites that convert, right? That's kind of the whole point of having a website. You want someone to do something, uh, whether that's uh, to purchase a product or to sign up for a course, to sign up for a newsletter, to. Give you a call to fill out your form, to come into your store, whatever it is. There's like a purpose for having the site, right? Um, And design helps solve those problems by guiding people to those things. So there's lots, there's tons of different principles. And actually, uh, I'm going to be giving a webinar for iThemes pretty soon that goes into all of that in super, super detail on like exactly how you go through that funnel of like using design to get to conversions and all that stuff. But the high-level thing is um, that if you're answering wh- if you're if you're answering why someone's on your site, uh, you can make design decisions that go back to support that thing. So then you can look at, hey, do we need this element on the page? Is it supporting our goal or is it detracting from our goal? Hey, do we do? Are we using color in a way that's guiding people here? We're we using imagery in a way that's guiding people here. We're we using you know spacing and alignment and typography and all of those fun words that I like to throw around. Are they actually getting people closer to the goal of, of being on the site? And that I think is a powerful tool that design can bring.
0: Yeah, without a doubt, you know, like we try to do that with, with content too. You know I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's very, very similar. You know, what we try to do when it comes to content, I, you know, whenever I speak at a word camp and you hit, hit it right on the head, I always say that there's only three goals that you can accomplish with any website. You know, and I always say you're, you're creating content for search engines and the position yourself and your brand as subject matter experts. You're also cr- creating content for search or you're trying to create a community around your product, service, or brand. And the third one is conversion, you know, and mm-hmm. conversion, just like you said, I always define as getting somebody to act in an, in an intentional manner that furthers your business. Inevitably, somebody always says, well, you missed one. And which one is that? You know, making money. My goal is to make money, you know, revenue. Yeah. I roll. Insert eye roll there, right? So, (laughs) so I always (laughs) answer that with, you know, just like what you said, it's like generating revenue is not a goal. Generating revenue is a byproduct of meeting your goals. You know, and that's the same thing with, with design. I mean, there's a parallel there where good design is the roadmap to take somebody on the journey that you need them to in order to accomplish your goals.
2: Yeah, exactly. And I think content and design work hand in hand because if one of them is bad, the other one being great doesn't matter. Um, You can have fantastic content and that'll probably help get people there because it'll help you rank well in search engines and stuff. But if they get there and they can't find any of that content that is so great or they can't parse it or it's all in a block or it's it's like not laid out in a way that makes sense – doesn't matter how good your content is because people aren't going to stick around. Conversely, if they show up and it's beautiful and everything's well thought out, but there's nothing of substance there for them to interact with, they're not going to stay and they probably won't find you in the first place because there's nothing to rank for. So, so where do you
0: think WordPress developers fall short when it comes to that balance? Because a lot of it, you know, I've seen some beautifully designed sites that really lack content. I've seen some sites with with terrible designs that have great content. So it's just like, it, it seems, you know, WordPress being a CMS and, you know, design, everybody, you know, everybody thinks that they can design something, but that's not true. It, it takes a true professional to design something that really, really works. Where do, you, where do you think the balance is? Like in the WordPress community, whether, you know, wh- wh- what do you think is lacking? I guess what I'm asking. If you wanted to see people step up their game, where would you want to be?
2: Sure. Um, well, I think kind of the big problem is just the nature of how big the field is that we all tend to, even if we are, even if we do have like some generalist ability in multiple things, like we are all specialists in one thing. And the problem is that to be really successful, you actually need all of the talents, right? Like you need uh, a, a well-built site that's semantic and you know, fast and responsive and like all the good technology behind it. So you need good development, you need good content and strategy and like the reason for people to be there. And you need good design to make sure that all of that stuff is arranged purposefully, right? right, And thoughtfully and not only on the front end, but also on the back end, right? Because we all we've all seen the the developer UI of people that are building an interface based on how the database works and not how the user thinks. Um, So I, I think that the problem is mostly that we all do kind of exist in our silos. Uh, you know, I, I'll admit that there's probably stuff in the content or the development side that if if I'm working on my own project, like it could probably be made stronger if they brought in someone right. else besides me. And I usually recommend like after I build something like please like definitely bring in some strategists like to do more things because I am not that person. I know enough to build it right, but I, you know,
0: yeah, no, I, 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 say Kevin <laughs> um, and I, we, that's one of the things that we have, a, you know, God, it, it is a fine line and it's a balance to walk, you know? Right. Yeah.
1: And you know, my next question is kind of along the same lines, but you know, more client facing is one of the balancing acts that I know we deal with quite often is how do you give a client what they want and still give them what they need?
2: Ooh, nice. Uh, so, I think that the best way to do that is to make sure that both you and the client feel aligned with what it is that you think they want and what it is that they think they want, um, which will get you closer to what they need. And part of that is... So when, when a client is asking for something, they're not necessarily asking for the thing that they're asking for. They're, they're trying to communicate some kind of like fear or pain point, right? So mm-hmm. if they say, make the logo bigger, they're not really asking for you to make the logo bigger because they like big logos. They're trying to say something like, I don't think my brand stands out very well, or I have to answer to this so-and-so higher up that demands that we get X amount of impressions on this thing or whatever it is. So they're not really saying what they're saying. And it's my job as a designer to be like, okay, I'm hearing you say, make the logo bigger. Like, in what like what problem is that going to solve like how is that going to help like we can have a conversation about it and then i can suggest something like oh i see that you know you're worried about your you know your brand not standing out on this page what if we kind of give it a, give there a little more white space and maybe tone down some of the other visual elements and reinforce it over here so that it really feels more cohesive as opposed to just being like, oh, clients, why? Like, oh, right. why would you ask me that? You know, right.
1: <laughs> you know that makes a lot of sense, especially you know dealing with clients. It's almost like peeling back an onion, which is I, I hate using that analogy because if anybody's ever peeled an onion, you know there's more onion inside. There's no surprises. But I mean,
2: <laughs> sometimes there's like a little like baby <laughs> onion We're that's like growing,
1: great shoot or something. Yeah, totally. Yeah, but, you know, it, it is totally our job to kind of help hold the client's hand on that journey to say okay i hear what you're saying but you know this is what's going to get that done
2: yeah i mean part of the problem too is there's a lot i mean we've all heard horror stories we've all had like bad experiences and i totally understand i've had my share too but part of the problem is like we kind of treat the word client like a dirty word like oh clients Mm -hmm. right and um you know they're They know a lot of things that we don't know, right? I mean, I couldn't do any of my clients' jobs. Uh, They know lots of things about their business that I don't know. And so I like to approach it from like mutual expertise coming together, right? Like I don't expect them to know about web design because they haven't been doing web design for the last like eight years. But I don't know anything about selling ice cream or roofing supplies or taking down the government or whatever it is that my client's doing, right? Right. So I'd rather respect them.
1: They've got that plethora of institutional knowledge that we're never going to have.
0: Yep. Yeah. I always approach meetings like that. And I'll always, uh, you know, I think that we're, you know, I, I love that approach because we take the same exact approach. And I think that anytime I sit with somebody and say, hey, look, work with us or not, that, that's fine. That's cool. Right. But be weary of the person who say, uh, who says, I know everything about this industry that you're mm-hmm. in. Because what I'll say is like, I am going to learn a whole lot about your business, but I'm never going to know your business the way you know your business and you know your industry. I'm going to learn a whole lot. So Kevin and myself and our team, we're going to depend on you for your institutional knowledge to kind of let us in to fill the gaps with your expertise. Because without that, you know, we're just guessing. You know, people like you and I, we're, we're just guessing on whether or not we're hitting the mark or not you know and it's just it's it's just the approach that has really really works the approach of not being a, a fucking a know-it-all and one of those things like it really gets you a long long way when it comes to a lot of that stuff how often do you hear people who how often you know and from the designer ux standpoint say this is exactly what i want i know what i want this is what it is
2: you mean uh, client wise client wise
0: yeah um
2: Occasionally, I, uh, usually the people that I'm working with in terms of I'm doing an entire build for them, uh, now this is different than if I'm working alongside an agency right. and maybe there's already designs or something in place, Like so this is me coming to a client, they need something new. Um, very rarely do they know exactly what they want. Often what they do know is stuff that they've seen that they've mm-hmm. liked. And that's a really good place to have a springboard conversation from because it's a lot easier to talk about things that you've seen than abstract stuff for a lot of people. Um, But yeah, I mean, sometimes people say, "Hey, I want a site that's exactly like XYZ." But then you can do the same thing, have a conversation like, "Great, you know what? What is it that you like about XYZ? What like what's appealing? Is it because it's bright yellow? Is it because it's easy to use? Is it because there's a puppy on it? Is it because it's bright yellow and has a puppy on it?" and it's easy to use. Like I BRB redesigning my right. site. Like, <laughs> um, but, but you know what I mean? Like finding out, you know, when somebody says they like something or they want something to be like something again, right. that thing designers always do. They ask why. Right.
0: I, and and, and w- without asking the right questions, you know, being, and that's the difference working professional and just working with somebody who's just like, eh, I'm going to give it to them. You know, this is what they get.
2: Yeah. I'm not. I'm not like an execution right. monkey, right? I'm, you, you, you're hopefully came to me because you you value my expertise and that you want to have a conversation with me. So,
0: right? I, and I like that term, execution monkey. That's that's a good. <laughs> <one>. <laughs> so let's. So you just got back from work camp, Miami. I heard yep. that it was a fantastic camp. Uh, how many work camps do you speak at in a year?
2: because
0: um, I know it's a lot.
2: Yeah, I mean, and it's not just word camps because there's other events too right. that I'm involved in. I would say it's usually one to two a month,
0: right? And on average. Yeah, and, and there's travel involved.
2: Often, yeah. Uh, some some of them some of them are here. There's a lot going on in Minneapolis in the design and tech community. And I'm actually here in Minneapolis. I am on the board of directors for the State AIGA, which oh, is the American cool. Institute of Graphic Artists. So I do a lot of stuff uh, here in this design community. Uh, as but you know, then I leave and go other places and speak. So yeah, um, there's a lot of travel, but you know. In Minnesota in the winter, it's kind of nice to go to Phoenix and Miami and California.
0: Right. I I think that, you know, we all schedule those camps as destination camps for people who are coming, you know, and like Phoenix, I lived in Phoenix for a long time. It was amazing how, you know, Phoenix had such a huge, huge attendance because, you know, I talked like Brad Williams and uh, Lisa Saban and Wilson, all those people and be like, like, why the hell would I not come to Phoenix in January? Why would right. I not do that? So what? What, are, what have been some of your favorite, more memorable camps over the years? Uh,
2: I mean, so I will. I will start with the caveat that I can't actually pick favorite camps because each one is so different very, very, from each very other. Different. That yeah, we um, understand. Yeah, like each each one has been great for different reasons. I would say memorable. Uh, So the most memorable camp, actually, is probably uh, WordCamp Minneapolis 2013. And that was actually big for two reasons. One, I'd never been to Minneapolis before. Uh, So that was my first time visiting. Obviously, guess where I ended up, so that worked out. Um, But two, it was my my first opportunity to speak outside of my home state, which at the time was Illinois. Um, So they were the first people to take a chance on me outside of my local community to let me speak. and uh the community here was super supportive and it was nerve-wracking because some of the people that i had admired from afar as like a newer person in the community had only been involved for a couple years at that point uh were sitting in the front row of my talk listening to right. me speak the first time i ever spoke like anyway so yeah. it was terrifying and awesome and uh i connected with a lot of cool people at that camp so that was that was yeah, important. That's, that's a great <laughs> one.
0: I my first one I spoke at was WordCamp LA, and it was it was the same situation. And I think it was the first one that le- uh, that uh, Chris Lemma spoke at also. His his first very first camp. Spoke oh, nice. At. We were at the speakers dinner together, and and it was like those things. I'm like, holy shit! Like, do they know me? Like, what what am I doing here at the table with all these people? You know, like this doesn't make any sense. And then it was a similar situation where everybody like, oh, I'm so excited to hear your talk. I'm going to sit in the front row. I'm like. There's probably other talks you could go listen to. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, it's it's really funny. Um, so I used to, you know, be idolize people a little bit. You're know, like, oh my god, like that's the actual person right. that wrote this thing or did this thing, right? And and I thought, and I've I've done that with lots of people in my life, uh, but I I kind of stopped doing that. And the reason that happened was there was one time after I'd been speaking for a while where a person came up to me and they said oh my gosh, it was on my bucket list to meet you. And I was like, what? I didn't say that out loud. Like I was very gracious, but in my head, I'm like, (laughs) what's wrong with your bucket list? (laughs)
0: That bucket's not deep enough. That bucket's not deep enough. I'm
2: like, I'm just, I know, right? right? I'm like, I'm just a person. But then I was like, wait a minute. All those other people are also people. Like we're all people. I get it now. So um, yeah, that was kind of a, a transformational moment for me, but there's been so many moments of people that come up and say that I've been able to right. like a talk has been able to help them in some way or change the way they think about something or solve a business problem for them or whatever. And,
0: I, and that's what makes I all of it like, worthwhile. You know, when, really. when you're listening to this, if you don't know, you know, like people like Michelle pay for all the travel, almost all the travel and the accommodations out of pocket, you know, yep. out of business expenses or travel budgets You know, like, like, you know, Kevin and I have a small travel budget for camps for me to speak at that all comes out of pocket. So, I mean, it's like, it's amazing. Like how many camps you do hit, you know, and then how much you do give back to the WordPress community. And I've seen you speak a number of times. It's always fun, entertaining. And like I said, it's, it's always, it's always a good talk. And, uh, I always leave with something like, oh, like, why didn't I think of that? Like that, that makes so much, like it makes so much, like you take these principles and you make them make sense. You know what I mean? And, like, that's – I think that's the key to sparking something bigger. I think that one of the most memorable times I saw you speak was on a Sunday in Work Camp Phoenix when it was at Gangplank. And you were speaking in the open room. And, and yeah, it was, like – that was years ago. And we are there. I'm, like, oh shit. Like, this is really, really good. You know? And ever since then, like, I've always – I love speaking on Sundays. I know people don't like it but I love it because if people are there on a Sunday, they're really engaged and they really want to learn. And sometimes the crowd is smaller or whatever, but like people are highly engaged and they want to learn from you and they want to have that time with you. And it's, uh, it's just, it's super interesting. It's, it's, work camps are a great thing to go to. I, I, I can't recommend them enough to everybody listening. What do you think of work camps, Kev?
1: I love it. I, I we were just at word camp, New York in September.
0: Yep. September. It was a
1: great experience. Uh, you know, I really love the community around WordPress. I mean, that's one of the things that I think floors me every time I go to a WordCamp.
0: Yeah, and it's, it's just one of those things. And uh, your name did come up at WordCamp New York, <laughs> if you know it or not. Uh, uh, somebody was giving a talk and they referenced you. I was like, oh, oh fuck, I know her. It was uh, <laughs> Jesse <clears throat> from Pengu- Penguin. uh oh, yeah.
2: Iceberg, yeah. She's, Ice- uh, she's Iceberg. A she's
0: yeah, yeah. actually
2: she is the lead organizer for WordCamp Minneapolis this year. So. And when
0: is WordCamp Minneapolis?
2: Uh, end of August.
0: Oh, fantastic. So you still have a little bit of planning going on? How's planning for yep. WordCamp Minneapolis going?
2: It's going well. We uh, are securing everything with the venue. Budget's been approved. Uh, and I think it's going to be pretty great. Jesse's doing
0: a good job. Excellent. It's so much fun. So let's, in wrapping this up, what else would you want somebody else to know about you or know about your business or know about... The uh, the, the the iconic WordCamp speaker that everybody wants. To no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. You know, one takeaway. What would be yes. one business takeaway that you would want everybody to to get after listening to this?
2: Uh, business takeaway wise, I would say if you are a person who is looking to hire somebody to do design or development services um, the most important thing you can do is to have a really clear understanding of who you are as a business and what you're trying to do as opposed to trying to figure out all the answers beforehand like what technology you want to use like let let the person who's uh, who you're hiring help you with that on the flip side if you're a, a designer or a developer, or a person that provides these services, um, you know, I'll always approach all all client discussions from a place of mutual respect. You know, until you know, until proven otherwise, right? Like, right. Um, there's a lot you can learn from them, uh, as well as they can learn from you. So,
0: yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's one of those it's one of those things. Mutual respect goes a long way. I mean, just being a nice person and like generally yep. trying to be helpful to people like it goes a it you, you know, many, it goes a long, long way. I, I can never underestimate that. So thank you so much for joining us from Minneapolis. And we appreciate your time um, talking design, WordPress, UX, all that good stuff. And again, tell everybody how they can find you.
2: Uh, again, I am Mark Time Media pretty much everywhere on the internet. You can also find me at pink or my name is michelle.com. And my fitness blog is fitnessandfreelance.com.
0: Awesome. Well, again, thanks so much for joining us. and do appreciate it. Kevin, thanks for your time. Thank you, Greg. Thank you, Michelle. And thank you, everybody, for listening to another episode of The New Marketing Show. You can rate, review, subscribe to this podcast at trinitywebmedia.com slash iTunes. Catch it on Stitcher, Podbean, Spotify, wherever else you get your podcasts. And we will talk to you soon. See you, guys.